Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. Hey, keep your mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson. Discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! You can take this boy out the real south, but you can't take the real south out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit of teeth because you got thick skin. There were two players, and I only caught them trend out of the corner of my eye, that were throwing each other down. Nick Bodden was one of them. Watch as it's towards the end of the play. Bodden's right there on the ground, and he's going after Ferguson, it looks like. Reed Ferguson is the long snapper. Ferguson gets knocked down twice, and so he decides to tackle him and, and bring in a wrestling move. Then all the next thing you know, everybody gets involved. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the latest edition of After the Snap. We have... In one corner, the notorious <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Reed Ferguson. We're wearing blue jerseys. I got to be in the blue corner. Dude. Just call me Ric Flair. Woo! Walk us through what ensued on Sunday because... The video that I saw, it literally looked like you you didn't even care if the returner had the ball in his hands. You guys were just going fisticuffs like you're in the parking lot. Yeah. I, um, okay. So two things. Uh, you asked what happened Sunday. We won the division. Second, and I'm just going to say this before I explain the story. Uh, the guy's name is Nick Baldwin, number 48 for the Jets. He did apologize to me after the game. So I respect him for that. That's fine. Um, I don't really know what the issue was during the game. I mean, he rushed. They, 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 they rushed us. I fell down. He fell on top of me. It just it got really aggressive. And as you saw in the clip, I, I'm going to call it a cheap shot. A lot of people say the same. Uh, I just I, I, I kind of just like. I don't even know, but I was just, I I flipped the switch a little bit and I kind of just went bananas. I think the play, I think the play was over. Like the play was like Matt, you see in the video, Matt had jogged past me, but the play was over and then everybody kind of came running back. Looking back on it, probably not the best decision for me to make. I didn't get fined. I don't know if he got fined. Uh, I was praying to the high heavens that I did not have that FedEx envelope in my locker this morning when I when I got to the facility because uh, <clears throat> I think fighting I'd have to double check I think fighting is pretty hefty but that's got to be that's got to be only if you're like 
throwing haymakers, right? Yeah, like, well, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, and I don't want to say anything on this podcast that could be used against me in the court of law. Incriminating <laughs> evidence. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to go with I don't know. <laughs> Final plead, answer. Plead the, the fifth. <laughs> I plead the fifth, and we won the game. And that's – so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What is worse, getting fined for fighting that guy or getting fined for being late to practice because you kicked a door in? (laughs) Definitely the fighting. I think being late to a meeting is very minuscule, comparatively speaking. So, anyway. I do do present that we change the the bills make me want to over... I, I'm gonna have to come up. I'm gonna have to get myself an intro song now. Yeah, yeah. I think Stone Cold song is the perfect one. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we, we already do, found it. I mean, there are already companies capitalizing off of Reed and his in his debacle. I will call it on Sunday. First Line Brewing already has WW Reed IPA. Yes. yes. Ready to hit the shelves. Yes. Six. 6.9% I of might course, add. Of course. Um, yeah, the guys called me um, I think yesterday and asked me if they were good to go forward with it. Uh, they're going to I think they're going to sell it this weekend during the wild card game. So, um, you know, it's uh if for anybody that hadn't seen it, go to First Line Brewing's Instagram page. The video is hilarious. Those guys do a great job of their social work, uh, social media work. Uh, so the, the video is hilarious. Totally caught me off guard. I didn't know what they were going to come up with, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I I have not tried the beer yet. I hope to this weekend. Um, but yeah, I have a WW Reed. I mean, I just thought it was I thought it was hilarious. Well. We do want to welcome back Mr. Brett Carlson, Buffalo area um, expert. I, w- I won't say native because I know he's a he's a he's a Pennsylvania. I know he's got a lot of Buffalo in him, though. He does one hundred percent. But he, but he, <laughs> but he tells people that he's from Pennsylvania, although he spent much of his life in the Buffalo area. So we want to welcome. You back, Brett. And yeah. I do want to make note that I am now back in Georgia, and I, as per Chris's recommendation, spent my first breakfast back in Atlanta at Martin's. And for those who haven't heard our previous podcasts, Chris recommended that I go to Martin's and get, I believe it was a chicken biscuit. Correct. I did not order a chicken biscuit this morning. Do you not I, remember? I ordered. You just ate a, it this morning. No, no, no. I was asking what he what he recommended I oh. get because he never <laughs> he never you remember what you ate for breakfast. No, I texted him this morning and I was like, "Hey, I was like in the group, I was like, what do you, what do you suggest that I get?" No response. And so I got a sausage biscuit because that's like staple in the South. That's like. You order a pepperoni pizza anywhere, and that's like number one point of comparison. Number two is a sausage biscuit. Beef on um, what? So I got a sausage sausage biscuit 
And I got some biscuits and gravy, biscuits and sausage gravy, I might add. They had other gravies, but to me, there is no other gravy than sausage gravy. And what Martin's is known for, apparently, that I was not uh, informed on, was that they make their biscuits fresh every morning. And to me, that is Elite. that is like top-notch. Top-notch. So, yeah, is, this, so is it Martin's Cafe? Is it Martin's Restaurant? Is it just called just, Martin's? I think it's just Martin's Restaurant. Correct. You got to go back and get a chicken biscuit. Yeah, Martin's Restaurant. And it's a fast food restaurant. There were like three people working. What 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 can you compare it to? Any kind of like. I mean, is it like a Popeyes? No, it's like a size it's, like it's that like size a, of a restaurant. No, I mean, I would say it's like a smaller chain. No, I'm saying the size of the actual restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just like a fast food. Okay. Fast food place. I mean, there was like one person inside, probably some older guy drinking coffee and <laughs> everybody else was just there to get their sausage or chicken biscuit and bounce and go back, you know, to working from home. Uh, but I will say it was nothing short of impeccable, incredible, fantastic, fabulous, all the words. It was, it was outstanding. Chris, like when was the last time you had Martin's? Probably 12 or 13 years ago because, you know, I, I moved out of Atlanta in 2011. Yeah. So I probably hadn't had it since like 2009, 2010. I will, I will say that it looks like like when you pull into the parking lot, it looks like you just stepped into like a fast food restaurant from the early 1990s. Like nothing is updated. There are... Like there's like wallpaper on the walls. Like it is just like they know what they do well and that's it. They don't care about anything else because that's not what people are there for. The tile so, in there was brown for sure, right? Or or blue or whatever. I went through the drive thru. I was just looking oh. in the window as I was driving by and I was like, wow, that looks like the McDonald's that I spent my childhood in like 100%. Uh, but I, I did want to make note of that as I, you know, was able to get one of their biscuits and I will probably be returning to pick up a chicken biscuit because that was what I was actually supposed to get. Yeah. If you look at the text message, I, I said to you, go to Martin's, get a chicken biscuit mm. this morning in the text that I sent. So oh. go back tomorrow and get a chicken biscuit yeah. so we honey? can revisit this. I put, I put strawberry jelly on the sausage biscuit but yep. with chicken i would say that you can probably not go wrong catch up with hun with honey or any a, kind of kind of garlic goat cheese you know maybe a little with some no. like aged charcoal in what it. you guys do up there in nashville you have t definitely taken on the nashville i'm kidding way of but life. goat cheese is delicious whatever you guys say Garlic goat cheese. You ever had goat cheese on a chicken biscuit? You think they had garlic goat cheese in like the early nineties at this fast food restaurant? No. So. We're so off the rails. I yes, feel like takeout breakfast is a southern thing that I had not experienced before moving down here. And every time I'm in a Waffle House and someone's waiting for takeout, I'm like, I don't want to eat this food twenty minutes colder than it is right oh. now. And I'll never <laughs> understand that. <laughs> it's it's only good for good like the point. first 
three minutes after it comes off that griddle. Yeah, you aren't even to the second intersection, and that's not good anymore. No. <laughs> I will. I will not handle Waffle House slander. I'm not slandering the food. I'm saying you just got to eat it there. Like you know what I mean. I'm not eating a a 20 minute old waffle. Like I want to sit there. I want to stick to that bench. Look at Blake's face and eat that waffle. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they bring the items to you as they finish cooking because they know that if they brought it to you all at once, half the meal wouldn't taste good anymore because it's so cold. For those listening at home, Blake might be the best Waffle House orderer I've ever eaten Waffle House with. He like tells them, like, I need this, I need that. Also, 15 minutes from now is when you're going to drop that waffle. You're going to bring it over. to. It's like this elaborate system that is amazing. and It's totally logical. You got well-versed in high school. Man, yeah, he is good at it. It's so it's funny like, to watch, though. Yeah, I, I try to make it as close to, like, instructions for robbing a bank as i can but make it waffle house (laughs) i can't even remember the last time i even looked at a waffle house menu no yeah they always you go there once you know what you you know what you get and you don't need to read the menu again i'm afraid to touch the waffle house menus (laughs) mainly because they they like put them on the table immediately after wiping them, so they like stick to the table. It's part of the you experience. Like, you can't get it. Yeah, it's just it's a mess. It's a mess. Uh, let's talk some football, shall we? We um we finished up week eighteen, first ever NFL week eighteen, biggest season in history. I hated that ad campaign this whole summer. Draw oh, me it was nuts. too easy. It's a layup. Yeah. Up. Longest and, season in history would just sound boring. Yeah. And that would probably turn off a lot of people, but the but the biggest biggest season in history is I don't know, maybe that'll retain Next July watchers. Hugest. Yeah. Biggerest. Most gar- <laughs> most gargantuan <laughs> most gargantuan season ever. All right, tell us what you guys did. By the time we finish our careers and we sign another CBA, we'll have like 23 regular season games and no yep. extra game, no extra game checks. We're just going to play till April and get the summer off. Yeah. yeah. It'll be year right back football. into training camp. No doubt. So we hosted New England this past week and uh, it was nothing short of amazing. It's always nice to got the double dub. Always nice to sweep the the Patriots. It's always nice to sweep anybody in the division because those those wins are important. But yeah, I agree. Especially especially New England. That it's one, always I'm nice to sweep people in the division. All right, that was unnecessary. That that punt that punt though in the second half, dude. I've never seen Blake on the TV for so long and so hyped. I was sitting on the couch just like, let's go. Well, what happened we was were, we were laughing was, about that after the or today when we were watching film. It was the last punt of the game. It was the second to last play of the game. We had like 15 seconds left, and and we we couldn't run the clock out on fourth down, so we had to punt the ball. And they put the Patriots put ten in the box, put their returner deep. They came, you know, they came after the punt, tried to block it. And we were, you know, trying to bleed the clock out as much as we can. So I'm sitting there, the ball's rolling and it stops and I'm sitting there 
over the ball, just like screaming, screaming, screaming in just pure joy because it was, it, it, you know, that basically sealed the win for us. There were like three seconds left on the clock. I'm, I'm not touching the ball yet because I'm letting as much of the clock bleed out as I can. Ref blows the whistle and I'm, you know, picking up the ball and it was, it was like pure emotion coming out and it was, it was awesome. So, um, but yeah, I did, I stood over the ball and like screamed at the ball for maybe like <laughs> two to four seconds. It was, it was so much fun, but I will say that, uh, I, I have, I have two things I want to, I want to mention. I will say that number one, I'm super proud of how we finished after starting the season one and seven, we beat the Patriots to start the season and then we lost seven in a row. And that was probably one of the most miserable points in my entire career. And so to finish by winning eight of nine games, I, I that was, that was awesome. Oh, was your first win back that Ravens Thursday night football game? Uh, no, I think it was the Houston game. The week before we played the Ravens, whoever you Ravens played after us, I think we it was after yeah. the Halloween game. Yeah, I think we played Houston and then Baltimore on Thursday night. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, just because it's you know top of the news right now, they did let go of Coach Flo. Came as a came as a pretty big shock to most of the guys there. You know, we had exit meetings going on 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 uh monday and and you know it it really took a lot of guys by surprise i am i will say this just on air i'm super super thankful for everything that coach flo has done for me and my teammates and you know him he and and chris greer choosing to draft me in 2020 has changed the course of my career forever it has put me in a great place where I am happy in the organization and I am super, super thankful for him, you know, just in all the, the impact that he's had on me and my career, you know, want to wish him well. I know that he's going to be successful wherever he lands next. He may end up in a head coaching job somewhere. There's, there are a ton of open jobs and, you know, I, I think that he may, if he doesn't get a head job somewhere, he'll definitely get a coordinator job because I mean, his, his defense is just, I mean, it is, it is incredible and it is stout. Wish all the best for Coach Flo as we move forward. That's good to hear. I know uh, you always spoke very, very highly of him uh, since they, since, obviously since they drafted you and he called you that day. So, yeah, I mean, I will say he had, he had incredibly high expectations, but that's, that's what comes with <laughs> playing in the NFL and, I wouldn't I wouldn't want it any other way to other than to have the highest expectations and a high standard of success. Absolutely. Uh, and that's that's one thing that I will take with me from the two years that I spent with him is is the attention to detail that he had and the just the standards for everything that he set. Yeah, I think he's uh he you know, given the way given kind of the reaction, I think from around the league from fans it's it, you know i can only imagine that he's going to land on his feet somewhere pretty quickly yeah i think i think that he will um, i saw a couple i mean i saw a couple teams already you know 
asked to interview him. So uh, I'm sure there will be no shortage of demand for Brian Flores to come on staff somewhere. The last thing that he said to us as he was – I was actually in the equipment room when he came down and kind of told the the guys in there that, you know, he had been let go and, you know, just thanking them for all that they had done. We had not been told yet. It Like he had just been told himself. So he was kind of making his rounds and just happened across him while he was, you know, making those rounds. And, you know, he said, he said, this is, you know, this is the adversity that I talked about, you know, way back when about this is, you know, you're going to have adversity in your career and how you, how you stand up to it and how you respond to it is going to speak volumes. And so, I mean, if that's not a firsthand account, then, you know, I, I really don't know what else is. You know that's that's what I wanted to mention uh, this week. I I, uh, I wanted to address it because I felt like I, I would be doing him and our listeners a disservice if I if I didn't. Buffalo played the Jets this weekend. Yes, I know we kind of hit on it earlier, but uh, we won, uh, beat them twenty seven ten, won the division two years in a row. Not to sting it too much for you but admittedly that is a very very difficult thing to do in this league is to win a win the division but b win it back to back year so you know very proud of the guys happy with the way they finished out the season obviously that game in new england was big a couple weeks ago because we knew if we won there we'd be in the driver's seat and we would have full control of our destiny if we just won the last two games so uh we got the three seed since he lost I wasn't, I was not really following it through the game, but saw afterwards I was expecting to be the four seed, but I didn't know that they were resting a bunch of guys. I don't know. Yeah. They, um, they didn't play Burrow, didn't play Chase. You know, a lot of their guys were, were being rested for the playoffs. So, yeah. Um, so, um, with you guys beating, uh, beating New England, I think, I guess it dropped them to the sixth seed after the Sunday night game. Uh, so we got mashed up with them for, uh, third, third round third game against them this season. So uh, Saturday Saturday night, we're the Saturday night primetime game. So looking forward to that. It is supposed to be zero degrees. We will get into a little <sighs> bit of the playoff uh, convo here in just a moment. And I do want to just publicly congratulate you because though we do banter back and forth heavily on this pod and elsewhere – I will say that it is a huge feat and something that I know uh, has meant a lot to you in your career is to, you know, be a be a leader and be a captain for those guys and to be a captain on two back to back, you know, AFC East division champion um, teams is is nothing short of just incredible. So. Um, congratulations to you guys, and we are going to get into some playoff uh, convo here in just a moment. Uh, but first... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's do our ATS Week 18 Clutch Snap of the Week. Can I get a drum roll, please? Drum roll. This week's Week 18 Clutch Snap of the Week goes to, again... Mr. Trent Sieg of the Las Vegas Raiders. It seems like we give him this the number three? at least. I think it's number three. It seems like we give it to him every other week because they are constantly hitting clutch field goals. And um, this past week they played the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday night to, to go to the playoffs. Go. It was the last. It was effectively the last spot into the playoffs. And the winner of that game was was going to go, and if they tied, they were both going to go. Yep. Because the only other team, I guess the two other teams in contention were the Colts, who lost, and then Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh who had the same record. They they were nine seven and one, and if the Chargers and the Raiders had tied, they would have also finished 9-7-1. and one. So those two teams would have made it into the playoffs over the Steelers. But the Raiders um, this was were, Let me just say, this was one of the most insane games I've ever watched. It, it really was. The Raiders were winning for a I mean, large talk portion about of the game. A ratings palooza. I mean, last game of the biggest season ever. That's what they're doing. I mean, they they flexed that game to that spot, knowing that the playoff implications yes. were on the line for the for those and especially two teams. coming down a, to the fact that they could basically kneel it out all game. It was, obviously knew that wasn't going to happen. They were obviously one team was going to play for a win, but it did come out after the fact that the Raiders coach said they had, were talking about kneeing it out in overtime and then uh staley the chargers coach called the timeout with 38 seconds left and that changed the raiders mind so they ran like i think one more play and then kicked the field goal to win they were so i guess they were going to tie it was i mean and after like the first all that stuff after all after that whole game i mean the raiders were down or no the chargers were down 15 points yeah, with like four minutes left, and came yeah. back and and jo- Justin Herbert made some insane throws. I mean, those receivers were just out there running their legs off yep. for the whole fourth. I mean, the whole game. But those last few minutes of that game, when those last two possessions for the Chargers was just pure insanity. I mean, they 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 converted a couple like fourth and tens. I mean, when do you see that on one drive, much less the drive the last drive of the game to tie up for a playoff spot as just it was it was crazy but i i honestly thought they they were going to tie when it came down I to it too. i thought they I, but but he called the time the chargers coach called the timeout i couldn't believe it i think if he i think if he hadn't called the timeout they were they would think they were just going to run the clock out because they had yeah. ran two run and plays was, and they weren't trying to get in field goal range and that was what i was thinking before i you know th- we had heard that Basaccia was was going to or were, or that they were considering doing that, but nonetheless, congrats to Mr. Sieg and uh, the fact that they made it into the playoffs. They are the seven seed, six seed. I think seven. Sorry, seven uh, seed. The Raiders seven. are the 
five seed. Five seed. Okay. They jumped the, the Patriots. The- uh, I think on common opponents. Uh, so, Raiders took the, which is like the third tiebreaker. Raiders took the five seed. Patriots took the six seed. Steelers obviously have the seven seed. So, um, no, Steelers. Oh, the Steelers yeah, are Steelers in. Yeah, they're playing the Chiefs. They're going That's to right. Kansas City. Yep. That's Steelers right. were the biggest Raider fans on Sunday night because obviously it may, it meant, you know, that they would get into the playoffs. But there was a, there was a fan at, in attendance at the Raiders Chargers game wearing Steelers gear head to toe and they kept showing him on the broadcast and every time the Raiders would do something good he was cheering every time they would the Chargers would do something good he was like frustrated they showed him several times and it was really funny because obviously it, it had playoff implications and, and all that but just for a for a fan wearing another team's gear to just be cheering for openly cheering for the Raiders in in person at the game was was pretty hilarious to watch but it's one of the most fun experiences when there's like two games where like you know game A ends but they need game B they need to know game B's thing at the ends at the same time and you get well, to the end of the game and then like the whole team is standing on the field looking at the jumbotron all the fans are looking at the jumbotron but having the Steelers once and like it was like surreal watching like these professional athletes literally standing with the fans watching the TV to be like, yeah. what's going to happen? <laughs> like, it's so cool. Well, that's effectively what happened in, in Buffalo. Well, I guess it was in Miami, but in 2017, for, for yeah. Buffalo in 2017, when the Bengals go down, what was it like a, it was like a two minute drive. Yeah. And then, yep. yeah. Andy Dalton uh, threw it, I think to Tyler Boyd, maybe um, yeah. for the touchdown. I mean, it's just an improbable, and y'all were celebrating happening. in the locker room yeah. after you had played yeah, Miami. Yeah, I mean, right when we got in the locker room, they were just screaming to turn the TVs on. So and yeah, Bills was, Mafia donated so much money to Andy Dalton's foundation. Yep, which is the best part of that whole story. Yep, Daniel Carlson. Well, Steelers fans were doing that for Carlson uh, after the awesome. game Sunday. So pretty cool. I know you said that you had some playoff questions. You want to roll into that? Yes. Because that is the meat and potatoes of why we are here on this pod. Because obviously the playoffs are going to be a huge, huge, huge part of the next four weeks of our lives. I guess maybe five weeks. And right here, right now, you're preparing to play in them. Yes. So let's do it. This is not your first rodeo. You are going into your third time playing in the playoffs? Uh, fourth. 17? No. Yeah, fourth yeah, time I think in it's five four. years. Four times. Yep. Okay. Um, Jacksonville, and then Houston, and then last year was Indy, the first round. Oh, I forgot the I forgot Houston in 19. Yep. Okay, when Deshaun Watson had that. Yep, we should have won. Play. Yeah. A lot of bad calls. Um, so, so what changes does does your does your approach change to the game? The fact that you've played them twice, out. We'll we'll get to that here in a minute. But just overall, when you're in the playoffs, does your approach to the game itself change? I would say no, and I think that's just a cliche answer. I mean, when you're in the playoffs, you want to keep as much of it the same as possible. You want to keep your same routine. You want to keep uh, your same schedule, and that's certainly what I've been doing. Um, I think you know it's just 
that extra piece of being aware that it's that it's winner go home. I mean, we battled with the Colts last year, um, and you know they they you know I thought they were going to make it again this year. They had a really strong team, but playing you know playing these guys playing uh, you know playing them for the third time, you know everybody knows their history in the playoffs, uh, and obviously uh, winning a ton of games down the line. But um, we're looking forward to it. It's a, it's a big challenge. Uh, and it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, get myself prepped really to, to snap, uh, kind of in, in the cold weather a little more so than usual. This is going to be, as far as like, this game is going to be different than any other playoff game you've played in though, because this will be the first full stadium home game that you've, that that's happened in Buffalo for a playoff game in 20 plus years right yeah i think 96 96 um first home playoff game with full attendance so i'm sure it's gonna be one of the craziest crowds since i've been here if not the craziest and i you know i can't put into words how much i'm looking forward to it's gonna be electric i plan on not being able to speak on sunday so just (laughs) fyi me too reed when you've played a team twice already during the year and you're seeing them for a third time. What, what is like? What's your approach to to doing that? The, the the Patriots are obviously a very familiar opponent over the years, playing them twice every year. But when you see them for a third time, like, do you like do you approach it the same way you would you know any other game where you you know you watch watch all their tape and you you game plan everything just like you normally would, or do you just kind of go back and and see what what worked what's what's your approach when you're playing a team for the third time yeah i mean we've basically played the patriots you know this will be the third time in what six weeks yeah seven weeks when we played them both games were late the monday night game uh first you know beginning of december then we played them right after the day after christmas and now we're playing them you know three weeks after that game so you know, it's it's three games and a three you know three matchups in a seven or eight week time period. Um, you know, you you I I can't speak for offense or defense, but just for me myself, I'm expecting just the typical. You know, when you know they're 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 a great special teams unit. Um, you got to give them a lot of credit and just expect some wrinkles. Uh, I guess compared to the past couple times we played them, it's it's you know teams add and subtract stuff every time they you know play and they adjust to how you played them last time and we didn't punt last time so it's kind of hard to go off of you know recent film from that perspective but uh just using what we know in in recent years and and getting after it they had a pretty critical special teams penalty against you guys though blake right on sunday yeah they so we ran a fake against them uh i believe in the second quarter and Pilardi, the his his both of his reads were to him they were not open they you know the the uh, flow players were were covering the the two open receivers and so he his third option was to just take off running and so that's what he did and he ended up sliding just to avoid taking a hit and the the player for the Patriots ended up still hitting him even after he had given himself up. I believe they called it helmet to helmet, 
but I I don't think he actually made contact with his head, but it was certainly it was certainly late. So regardless, he would have been flagged for a late hit or, you know, some sort of unnecessary roughness penalty. And so, yeah, that's something that I'm sure that, that Buffalo, you know, Buffalo will be taking that into consideration with, with some of their, um, well, well, I should say with what new England will be doing now, they'll probably be, you know, saying, okay, we, we had a fake, you know, run against us in our traditional, you know, six two look that we have on punt, you know, on our punt return. You know, we're Buffalo's gonna be saying, okay, we're gonna be expecting eight in the box on pretty much every punt this week if it's, you know, fourth and nine or less. So there are things that that you can bring from a a single play like that from a previous week, even if it's not from a game that you've played against them already. So um that's what I would expect Patriots to do. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that, Reed. I thought in the yeah. second half they had a guy line up against you, though. Oh yes, they did. So they actually had two. They actually had two. Thanks for reminding me. That they one did. was they that had, was like a fourth and one, and gave you guys a first down, they, like late in did. the second half. They did. We ran on the punt team pretty late, and like pretty late in the in the play clock, and so they were kind of scrambling to get lined up. And the rule on on punt is you unless the unless somebody shifts out of the normal alignment of a punt team, you cannot cover the snapper. And so they had a guy lining up head up over me because they were scrambling to get lined up. They you know they were uh, they were all you know mixed up. And so we ended up getting them on a on a they we kind of quick snapped it and and got them. And it gave us a good crucial first down uh, that I actually forgot about. So thanks for the that, reminder. I, that I, referee had that flag in his hand. Like literally, he yeah. pulled it. You you snapped the ball and he threw it before the ball got to the punt. I was like, I don't know what yep. rule they yeah. broke. And they showed the replay, and yeah. I saw it right away what it was. Well, but that was wild. Well, that's so. If you look at it, the, so the white hat is that's that's all he's looking for at the beginning of the punt play. Is is he's looking for somebody covering the snapper and he's looking for any kind of shift or motion. And he will, if somebody on the punt team shifts, he will point to the, he'll like point with, with both his hands and, and let them know that they're now able to cover the snapper, which opens up a lot of different, you know, things in the rush game and things like that. But yes, that is, that is true. So this question, it kind of goes for, for Chris, there, and this is kind of a double double sided question. Number one, will you be in attendance? I will be in attendance. However, I will not be tailgating. I have to work seven a.m. to seven p.m. on Saturday. Beeline it to my girlfriend's house, shower, put on my getup. I'm gonna end. I'm gonna end up looking like Randy from A Christmas Story. <laughs> I just can't put my arms down. And then she's gonna drive me to the game, drop me off at the game, and then I'm gonna get a ride home with my friend uh, Drew, who lives less than a mile from my girlfriend. So I will be making a beeline from work to shower to get to the game, so I hopefully won't miss kickoff. So question number two, following that, is in your experience following the Bills, having season tickets, what's the last game? that has had this much uh, anticipation, 
you know, just hype, hype up. Like what, what other game have you felt like this, this excited about? And, and how long ago was that? As far as like a game that I have attended, uh, probably, probably never. Cause I've, I've had season tickets for th- three seasons. One, I couldn't go to any games, but I would assume this is just like this. It, the atmosphere in the stadium is going to be the similar to what it probably was like for, I don't know, like my parents or older generation that was, went to games in the nineties. Like it's just going to be off the, off the charts. And I, I'm, I can't wait to be there for a, a playoff game. I might, I'm like, I might get so ex- You know how, you know, how in uh, always sunny in Philadelphia, Mac always tries to, to flip the, the board game for Charty Mac Dennis. I'm going to try to do that with the bleachers out of excitement. I'm going to turn around and try to, but not realize that they're bolted to the cement in the stadium. Like I'm so amped up for this game. I, I checked the, I checked the forecast because I will be, I will be in attendance. I'm going to, going to make my way up to the frozen tundra. That is Orchard Park, New York, and I will, I will be there. And I was looking at the forecast as I was th- trying to figure out which bathing suit I'm going to pack. And it's supposed to be the coldest game in Buffalo since 1994. It's literally supposed to be zero degrees. I can't wait. <laughs> I like literally can't wait, dude. I'm I'm flying up too. I mean, and I regardless am so if hyped. You- Right. I mean, you go, this is, it seemed, if it seems like you would want to go to this game partly just for the experience. Right. Yeah. To, that's like the game that I came to in 17 where it yeah. snowed like nine inches during the game yeah. against the Colts. It, like, that's something that I'll be able to tell for the rest of my life. And, and, and on Sunday, it's going to be, it's going to be zero degrees with a negative four wind chill. The I've NFL never. Films- it's gonna be so sick from this. I've never seen anything remotely close to that. So I, I'm I'm pumped. I know a lot of other Bills fans are pumped because that's that's exactly why you go to a Bills game is to experience, you know, the the cold, just windy, just miserable weather that's in Orchard Park coming off of Lake Erie. It's it's um, it's admittedly it's going to be like 0 degrees, the temperature is going to be 0, but the 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 wind chill is not supposed to be that bad. The the yeah. wind is supposed to be considerably mild. So Yeah, the so in the last time I, I actually looked it up in in 1994, this is the last time it's been this cold. It was a home game, obviously, versus the Raiders. It was zero degrees with a wind chill of minus thirty-two, and so so that's I mean that's a considerable considerable wind chill. That I mean that had to be just rolling through that stadium. But if it's going to be zero degrees with a with a wind chill of negative four, like this is me me all high and mighty saying it now while I'm you know sitting here wearing shorts in a air conditioned room it's not going to be that bad but yes you're right it's More it's only going to be a four later <laughs> <laughs> cut to Blake just uh i'm going to have like i'm going to have like icicles freezing my eyes shut like it's going to be sir that's your wild. seventh hot cocoa of the game we're going to have care. to cut you off i'm actually glad that you brought that up because when we were in nashville for uh week 17 
it was like 35 and it was spitting rain and it was gross. We had chicken broth at like in cups at halftime before the game. Like they had a, they had a whole thing um, of, of chicken broth. Do, do you guys have that too? Yeah. And it was, it was awesome. It, it tastes like I was drinking like chicken noodle soup. The last thing I will ask you, Reed, is um, is just in the the spirit of this cold weather game. You have you are a seasoned vet at this. This is year number six for you up there. Do you believe in the like coating your arms in Vaseline, the warm skin like cream that's supposed to like block your pores? Do you? Do you believe I, in all that kind of stuff? I personally have never used it just because I need to like I don't I don't want to risk any of that getting on my hands to snap, but I do know that I do know guys use it and prefer that rather than wearing long sleeves, so I I, I can say that it probably works. Yeah, we had we had a couple of guys putting that on when we were in Nashville and I think that's really the only cold-ish game that we had I mean it was like in the 50s when we played in Buffalo in week 9 so it was week 8 or 9 I can't remember but um, but yeah we had a couple of guys putting the putting the Vaseline on their arms because it was like linemen who have to have exposed skin can't you know not wearing like long sleeves so uh, but it's certainly going to be a a fun game for three of the four of us to be watching and one of us to be snapping footballs in. For our listeners, tune in because it's going to be zero degrees and it'll be literally the frozen tundra. Literally. But that's a wrap on what we've got this week. This has been fun. Brett, always love having you. Thanks for thanks for your chatter. Thanks for always uh, distracting us with uh, food content at the beginning of our pod. That's, Big food I mean, guy the four of us could could literally have our own food podcast. So you know that we're eating chicken wings this Saturday, right? Blake, like that's happening. It's gotta be, gotta be wings. And I will say Erica brought some home from their suite last week. They were some of the best meatiest chicken wings I've ever had. Flavor was okay. The, the meat, these chicken wings were massive. So if they get them again, I'm going to tell them to bring them home. Like national treasure, but like you're gonna steal the the Declaration of Independence. No, we're gonna break into the Buffalo Bills suites and steal the wings. <laughs> yep, Buffalo That's Treasure, yes, Tanawanda exactly. Treasure, <laughs> the new sequel. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. As always, you can follow us on social media at After the Snap Pod, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, as always, go subscribe to the pod. And leave us a rating. Leave us a review and a rating. Uh, that helps us boost our listeners. And uh, frankly, we love reading them because a lot of times they're really funny. This has been After the Snap, tales from two brothers who live life upside down.